listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. So for the first time ever, I am all by myself. Not really though. Gerard's not here. Kelsey's not here. Emily's not here. The Mahabuchi's not here. And the Phil Foundation isn't here. But I am here with two lovely people, Jessica and Brooke from uh, Operation At Ease. Uh, Ladies, say hi. I know you got to unmute, then say hi. It's all good. <laughs> oh, I did it. <laughs> hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, Success. thanks for having me. Um, it, is, uh, it is solely our pleasure. Thank you again for uh, joining us so late. Uh, people are joining the stream here as, uh, as we're getting going. A little bit late, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, Better late than never. Exactly. Lots of drama happened tonight. Lots of uh, lots of changes. There was supposed to be, like I said, like seven, six or seven of us. Um, the uh, the massive surprise that I alluded to earlier in the week on Discord was shafted last night. Gerard was supposed to be right here next to me in studio, but that didn't happen. So it is what it is. So um, good thing I'm Polish and I can talk a lot. So. If you guys can follow, we're good. So, um, Jess, you and I were talking before the stream started about what we were going to be talking about. Um, and I think introductions are needed first because, um, you know, Operation At Ease is, is an organization that we fell in love with here on the show. Um, it, it I, like, I think it was 2020. I'm pretty sure it was our 16th episode. Now we're on 64. Uh, that um, that we had Joni uh, Bonilla on, your guys' creator, founder. Mm-hmm. And um, she was amazing. Talked to us about everything that you guys were doing at that point in time. But that was 2020. Like, that was just at the start of COVID, more or less. And um, things have changed. So uh, for those that didn't listen all the way back down to 2020... What is Operation At Ease and what do you guys kind of do? Great question. So Operation At Ease was started in 2015 um, by Joni and it came out of um, out of need. So Joni uh, was a, is a dog trainer um, for over 20 years now. And uh, one of her, her, her dear friends, um, a veteran who was... Uh, who was experiencing post-traumatic stress um, was in need of a service dog. And in order to get a service dog for most organizations, it's um, usually minimum three years of a waiting period. And then on top of that, it's several thousand dollars and it could be tens of thousands of dollars. So um, Joni, as a dog trainer said, uh, let me work with you. And that is how Operation Ed Ease started. So she um, just started with one person and uh, eventually expanded to a couple more in front of her yard, as I understand it, in front of her house. Um, and then realized that there was such a, a, a deficit for this in the community uh, for affordable service dogs. Um, and the thing that makes Operation Ed Ease really special and really um, unique from a lot of other organizations out there is the fact that all of our service dogs come from animal shelters. So we call it a shelter to service dog program. We choose service dogs uh, specifically for the individual based on what their needs are. We specialize in post-traumatic stress and mobility assistance. Uh, And then find that dog for the individual, tailor the training to that person and their needs. And the dog goes home with the veteran or first responder from day one. So instead of waiting for this dog to be trained 
that handler is actually going right home with the dog <laughs> through all of the up, ups and downs of having a brand new dog. And we're there for them um, through that process. And we provide a free guided training program. So meaning they don't pay for that training. Um, if they have any financial difficulties, we're there to support them with uh, through that as well. So we're located in Rotterdam, um, right on Central Ave in Rotterdam off of Hamburg Street. Uh, we have a small building, but um, an awesome staff. <laughs> and we're really wanting to get the, the word out there because the more people that know about us, the more of our veterans and first responders that we can help out with. Yeah. And um, it, like I said, it, it came to me two, you know, two, three years ago. Um, I was literally just scrolling through my phone and there was an article that popped up on Google, like mm -hmm. one of the local articles for, you know, a ex fireman that had gotten a dog. And I was like, what is this? And I read the article and I was like, this is literally 35 minutes from my house. Why yeah. have I never <laughs> heard about this? Um, and that's, you know, that was the time when I reached out to Joni and was like, you need to come on and talk to us. And, and she, you know, she went through the, the how and why she started. So, um, make sure, you know, I did not link, uh, that episode, but if you go to where, you know, you can listen to medical materials, you can find that episode. It's literally labeled operation at ease with Joni Bonilla. Um, it was fantastic. You can even hear dogs barking in the background if I remember. <laughs> Um, but, uh, That's the true sign of a dog trainer. <laughs> that is, that is correct. And you know, it's, it seems like, you know, like you say, it was at a need and, you know, this like humble beginning and you guys have grown it to where you guys are helping how many, you know, providers or people per year now. That's a great question. Like, People always know. ask us, and honestly, we we need to to track the numbers because for us, it's it's not about the numbers, and and the individuals that we work with, it it's because it's a tailored program to them. They're not on a a set path. Like mm -hmm. it's not like okay, you've done this for seven months, and now boom, you're done. Like, okay, if you need more assistance with this or that, you know, we're going to, we're going to help you with that. Um, and so gosh, um, I mean, right now, I think we probably have, I would say 10 to 15, uh, handler teams that we're working with right now, but um, the cool thing about our program is it's it's basically a three-phase program, um, and it, again, it's not a, a set amount of time, but the, the first thing that our teams do when they get their dog is they start with basic obedience um, and some light task work, so that's what makes a service dog a service dog is they are trained to do some sort of task for their handler. So they start at our, our base, um, Operation at Ease in Rotterdam. And then from there, they take uh, what's called the American Kennel Club's Canine Good Citizen Test. So that's kind of phase one. Phase two, we then bring them out to uh, places like Lowe's or Home Depot. Um, shout out to Home Depot. They are an awesome supporter of us. And uh, we do an another test there and then their final phase is public access training that's where they go to the airport grocery shopping yes we actually grocery shop with our teams to make sure that um, the dogs are gonna know how to handle any situation um, including going to like a fire department or those types of emergencies right and I remember one of the things that Joni had talked about because this all blew our minds because you know you don't think about it unless it's it's something in your life she was talking about how you guys do the on location training for yeah. the provider and the dog and she brought up that you take them to you know ShopRite or you know Hannaford's <laughs> or whatever and yep. um we were like why like we, you know, like a dog could go through the food store and she's like, it's not always for the dog. Like you have to think some of these vets can't actually physically walk through a food store because Absolutely. of whatever type of trauma they had 
-hmm. and this is now helping them cope with their dog to that environment. Again, not something that we don't we take for granted not having that in our lives, mm-hmm. but you know, a miraculous thing that you guys do to be able to help the dog and the trainee, I guess, or you know, the the person with the dog. Um, you know, it I just our handler, kudos, our teams. Yeah, kudos to you guys. It's it's pretty awesome. So um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna transition over to Brooke here because I think you're getting bored sitting and listening to Jess and I talk. Um, <laughs> no. But uh, but you have a very uh, interesting new position at Operation at Ease, being that uh, I'll just let you you know there's a new program that you guys started recently. Um, who are you? What do you do? And what is your program? All right. Well. Uh I'm Brooke, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I've been in the field professionally over 12 years, but in August of last year, Joni, I always told her she has an uncanny ability to just, she collects people. And so I met Joni back in 2019, and um, we've been in, you know, touch ever since, but she came to me in August and she said, Brooke, we need to do something for first responders. They literally have nothing. (laughs) Um, And knowing what my background is in the mental health field, she's like, figure out, figure out how we can help them. We just got to figure out something. So her and I have been collaborating really since August. And in January of this year, we started promoting. And in February of this year, we officially launched um, our telehealth program for first responders and correction officers, which is really exciting. So essentially what that means is that I recruit fully licensed therapists like myself to volunteer their time, which means first responders or corrections officers are literally paying nothing. We're not charging insurance, none of it, um, completely pro bono um, online therapy that's trauma-informed because Obviously, that comes with the nature of the work and um, the, you know, it's just a really needed thing. And, and that's how we're trying to give back and um, provide, fill the gap. I call it the gap because there's a gap, you know, of the need and then the therapists out there. So we, we're trying to bridge that gap by doing this. And another thing we started um, is doing classes as well, like virtual wellness classes. We're actually kicking those off next week. Uh, Those are open to the public on various mental health topics or wellness topics, but then we're doing some exclusively for only first responders um, that don't cost anything because we want to reach as many people as we can. Maybe someone you know, can't commit to, um, you know, therapy ongoing, but they can drop in for a class or two, you know, that's virtual. So we're excited for that. Now is talking about your, your virtual classes and stuff, is it specifically, you know, New York area or is it like, you know, somebody in Montana can be like, Hey, can I join your virtual class? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's open. That's the neat thing about the classes versus the, the therapy, because uh, with with therapy, you know, as a licensed professional, we have a set of rules we got to follow, which is good, right? We have <laughs> entities we have to answer to. Um, so right now, you know, we're only New York based, but the, for the therapy, but the classes can be literally anywhere. Yeah. It's just, it's a class. So that's pretty accessible, which is awesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, um, has the, I I know Joni and I had talked about the process of getting into like the dog training, you know, and the service dog type program, um, kind of walk me through the process of, of getting into both programs. So like the telehealth program and like, if you needed a, you know, a assistance dog or a service dog, how would you go about that as well? starting the process, I guess. Brooke, why don't you start with uh, how people get involved with yeah. with the telehealth program? Because once I get started talking, I'm just <laughs> going to keep rambling. So you go first. It's, okay. it's my job to cut you off. Don't worry, I will. Okay. <laughs> We're watching for the hand signals. Um, so it's very easy. You just go to Operation at Ease website, and there's a drop down for first responders, and you literally click request telehealth. 
Um, it's right there. There's a little form that you fill out and I am the person who reaches out to you. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, one of the things Joni was very adamant about is that this was to be completely confidential. Mm -hmm. um, no one other than me at Operation at Ease's organization knows. Like, for example, right, Jess could have someone in a class and she'd have, and that person, that first responder, like, she would have no idea that that first responder is in her class and getting telehealth through us because it's confidential. So, um, I am the clinical director. I'm the person who gets the notification that someone filled out the form on the website. I contact you within 24 to 48 hours just to say, hey, I got your request. I just want to, you know, I do, do a very brief screening just to make sure we're like the right fit for the person. It's open to everyone um, as a first responder. Uh, and right now we're in Schenectady County, but we're looking to expand and we will expand, but I need more therapists. <laughs> I'm actively recruiting you know therapists. therapists that I, would be interested. Yeah, the Send them Brooks way. I was going to say, <laughs> yes. I, I honestly don't know any therapists. Um, we, we did just get a, a, a recent uh, MD, but I don't know what kind of MD they are. Okay. So you might yeah. have a shot there, but I don't know. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think, sure. you know, like I said, I think there's, there's a giant need. Like you mm -hmm. said, there's that gap. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a need that needs to be filled. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's there's so many providers. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been in conversations with people and they they're just like, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to management and they're like, we got nothing for you, kid. Right. Sorry. Well, and I think there's there's so there's some concern for people, too, about if I bring this up to my superior are they going to look down on me so i love that that program is confidential right. because if you're not comfortable having that conversation that doesn't mean you don't need to have some sort of support so that's that's the awesome thing about it being so confidential yeah so yeah. um while you guys are talking here i'm gonna bring up something because you might have heard it before you might not have but I did a uh, we did one episode where we were talking about uh, some statistics and stuff, and I actually found a bunch of uh, statistical data for reporting, like mm -hmm. you know first responders and and you know survey data for reporting, you know mental health type stuff. Sure. And the numbers are honestly like staggering. Once you hear them, it's like, yeah, I could totally believe that, but it's all really really bad. You yeah. know, um, so I'll let Jess, you, you kind of, I'm going to look here on my computer and okay. of, I'll let you fill the dead air while I'm looking for these stats. Okay. So we, uh, when it comes to dog training, um, we have actually two different programs for our first responders. So we do have our service dog training program. Again, that's like I was talking about earlier. Um, that is for individuals who find that a dog would be medically necessary for them or medically beneficial. Um, and that is usually recommended by um, a counselor or by your, your um, physician. So like Brooke was saying, you can go onto our website to enroll in that um, under the first responders uh, tab on the website. But we, we also offer free first responder drop-in classes. So if you don't uh, need a service dog, but you just want to come unwind with your dog, this is the class for you. So it's completely free. The dates are on our website. And we do ask that you sign up ahead of time so that I don't go in and have like 30 people in a room. <laughs> but it's totally free. Um, so that is just a come in learn about dog training, have a good time, unwind with your dog, with people who know what you're going through. That's actually pretty cool. Like, um, you know, there's, there's, I did training with my dog, you know, and it was, you know, basic obedience training, you know, long time trainer, whatever. And um, yeah, I think, you know, just being able, you know, Dog training is not something that you do once and then you forget about it. And I think right. a lot of I think a lot of people are like, "Yep, yeah, my dog's trained. They know how to sit and they they listen when I bark." And 
that's it, you know, but it's, it's kind of a continuing process. And I think it's really cool that like, you know, just as a de-stress mechanism. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we all know, or ha- maybe you don't know, but animals <laughs> are amazing. Um, and animal therapy is so real and so true. And, you know, you maybe get home from a terrible day and then your your pet comes up and jumps in your lap or, you know, lifts your hand with their nose and suddenly you're petting them and you can just feel yourself calming down. Um, So that's what we want to help you connect with your pet in that way that maybe you don't realize that you need um, or you don't realize that that you're having that connection with your pet. Um, So the the drop-in classes are really just designed to to be something different for you and to to be something fun um one that we had uh previously we brought out some agility equipment did some some fun stuff there um they need needed to work on coming when called getting their dog to come consistently so we added that in so basically you just come and if you don't know what you want to work on don't worry about it i'll give you stuff um and it, it's a really it's a really great time um we have two more coming up this month and then four next month. So they are totally free for any first responder. And that includes corrections officers. Um, definitely check them out and come keep us busy. Yeah, right. Um, if, if I could get my dog to like other people and other Ooh. dogs, I would totally be for this. But <laughs> I would feel like he'd be going to like eat somebody. Well, um, we do offer private <laughs> lessons as well. <laughs> Maybe that would be more I mean, of the, the route that you need to go. He is he's so fantastic. Like he's a, a Visla Shepherd mix. Oh, awesome. that's some high energy. He's very high energy. Um and his you know how like every dog has their it's almost like the kids, they have their awake time where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm awake at this time and Mm-hmm. You know, your one month old might be awake at three o'clock in the morning, but that is their awake time. Mm-hmm. He's got the same one and it's like nine thirty at night. So oh, as soon God. as you're like, he could be like docile is fine. And then nine o'clock let's rolls go. around and he's like, play with me. Let's go. Like, <laughs> and then you, you sit there and play with him, And it's hilarious because he wants to play fetch in the, in the house and stuff. So you throw something and then he just walks to it. He doesn't even like. <laughs> run to it like he's just like yeah i know it's late i'm fine i'm gonna walk to this and then bring it back like he's just really he's just really funny like that but um all of a sudden like he never really liked other people um he Mm -hmm. always had an issue with like tall men um oh you know hackles up he hates them um (laughs) but uh but as he's getting older now i think he's five ish He's okay. now not liking more and more people. So, oh. like, he, no one can come near him if he doesn't. I thought you, know, you were going to say he went the other way. No, like, oh, no, no, no. He's, he's getting more like, you know, old guy, grouch, get off my lawn guy. No. Like, he's like that guy now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe he'll have to. You bring him in for some lessons. We'll we'll shape ship him up. <laughs> shape him up. Be like, just like other people, because I mean, my but wife. But do, does every human like everyone? Well, and that's exact. So that's the funny thing, like, because you guys, I'm sure, know it more than anybody else. But how many strangers just walk up to dogs and be like, they're Ooh. fine. Dogs love everybody. And I tell people all the time, like, nope, don't come up to my dog. And, you know, like at the vet, they'll be like, oh, is your dog friendly? I'm like, no, he'll eat you. Like, And that's literally – and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, respect my space. But, yeah, and, and we don't want him to be nice to everybody. Like, if, you know, if my wife and the boys are out walking, we want him to be protected. You know, right. not just well, I like, always tell people like everybody. A well-trained dog. <laughs> Will always protect you, <laughs> a good, well-trained dog. Um, so it's you know, and that's you know, we go over that in our in our uh, public group classes as well as we we offer a lot of services at Operation Indies. Check out our website you if you haven't, are... because not only do we do first responder and veteran classes, but we do group public classes and private classes. Yeah, we just really want to help the community in any way that we can, and that's 
we were talking about this earlier. That's what makes our organization so great is we have so many of us that have our specialties and we're awesome, each awesome at what we do separately. So coming together, it's like, like Captain Planet, like Joni is our Captain Planet. And we all have like our. I am so happy that you just said that reference. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That is straight out of my childhood right there. Now I'm going to have that damn theme song stuck in my head. We're the planet too. (laughs) And you can be one too. Uh, So just just for reference, you guys have mentioned the website uh, a lot. It is operationatease.org. Uh, You can also find it through the medic materials website. I was talking to you guys earlier uh, because we love what you guys do so much that um, I've attached a page solely on operation at ease. There's a link straight from there. Um, So if you need, if you're on whatever, go to medicmaterials.com. You can find operation at ease stuff there as well. Um, Do you guys have any uh, fundraisers? that you're aware of coming up other than like your bike, uh, your bike ride later on in the year? Oh, I, I'm so glad that you've asked that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So our, our bike ride is the, the big one. Right. Um, that's, you know, our, our annual, um, motorcycle ride is August 12th. My bike has been down the last two years. Mm. So I've well, yet good to be news. able to go. We have also been expanding to classic cars. We have a Corvette club that joined us last year and they're going to be joining us. Um, We have some, possibly some Jeeps joining us. So even if you don't have a motorcycle, you can bring your classic car. If you don't have a classic car, still come. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So is there any, is there anything before the, before the big ride in August? Well, keep an eye on our events page because there's lots of events that um, other organizations host for us, and we're so appreciative of that. Um, Lucy's Bar in Saratoga, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but on Tuesday nights, um, they actually donate um, all of their proceeds to Operation at Ease. That's pretty So um, we're a huge fan of them. So all of our all of our new found friends that Kelsey told me about in Indian Lake should be traveling a little bit south to uh, Absolutely. go to Saratoga is from mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Because mm-hmm. Saratoga for me is like a three and a half hour drive. So that's not going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a nice, you know, leisurely hour drive from where I used to live. But, you know, things yeah. change and it happens. But uh so let's see. You got a lot of hellos, a lot of uh, I'm reading the chat through here. I've been, you know, oh, awesome. messaging people. Um, there's a lot of they wish they had these in your area. Um, you mm. know, uh, one says my cat used to help me so much. Animals just really know that is 100 mm-hmm. percent true. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been times even in our training where um whether we're out with a service dog team and a dog will go up to somebody else and try and task for them because they can just sense that that person, uh, whatever it is, you know, needs that connection. Um, or, you know, there's been times maybe I, myself with anxiety and working with a dog and then suddenly they come over and I just feel myself come down. Um, so the animal therapy is just such a true thing. Yeah. And Brooke, have you seen on the, on the medical side of things, looking at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. other than like, you know, the animal therapy aspect of helping these individuals, have you seen anything? I know, you know, different people react to different methodologies and such, but okay. have you seen anything that, that you can say, oh, hey, you know, like 20% or 30% of this seems to work for these types of people? Yeah, I mean, so each population is going to have different experiences, right? But that's when I got this off the ground with the telehealth program. I told Joni, I said, any therapist I recruit to help serve a first responder 
or corrections officer and the therapy aspect has to be trauma-informed or at least mm -hmm. willing to become trauma-informed because that is just critical. So with that, you know, I can say all the therapists we have are trauma-informed because uh, the relationship is the most important part, the rapport you have with your therapist, mm -hmm. if you're vibing or connecting or not. And if you feel safe enough in that space to be able to do that work on your own timeline, which is really, really important. Right. Um, with trauma work, a lot of it is calming your nervous system because trauma hijacks your nervous system. And so uh, trauma-informed care, trauma-informed therapists are going to really focus on um, teaching you ways to recognize what your body's telling you. Because sometimes we like to ignore those messages until our bodies force us to listen, mm -hmm. which is never a good thing. Well, and especially uh, so, in the first responder realm, you know, yeah. oh, we're too cool to be feeling like this, you know, or, you know, right. so they just say, yeah, that, that's not me. It's fine. I'm yeah. fine. And they're not fine. <laughs> exactly. You know? Well, you have to compartmentalize though, right? And go on the next call and just keep going. You, don't you know, and have, yeah. there's, there's so many things uh, that, that we bring up on this show that should be changed, you know, the mm -hmm. way just you know the way our business is structured is literally dooming us you know yeah. um with the you know the increase in the cortisol and the stress hormones mm -hmm. that we are under all the time whether we do a call or not you're sitting waiting for one mm -hmm. that's stressful i don't mm -hmm. know when it's gonna come you know mm -hmm. um and We've talked in length about the, the differences in how our brain changes and how our attitudes change and how the inability to learn, uh, you know, affects our, you know, our our job and our home life. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's a lot of things that first responders, correction officers, nurses, doctors, they all go through mm -hmm. physiologic, physiological changes that nobody ever talks about. And they're just like, you know, and especially in our industry, there's no protections that says, okay, you just had a really terrible event. Go home. We don't want to see you in a week, you know, or we don't want to see you in a month. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. They do the worst call that they've ever seen in their entire lives. They get back in their truck and they go do another one. Absolutely. And that, that shouldn't be the case, you know? So I don't know and how we lobby to get the things changed, you know, but it's got to start somewhere. Absolutely. I think, you know, having the conversations and that's a, a big thing that we're, we're trying to do with, you know, like our, our motorcycle ride is um, trying to cut the D out of post-traumatic stress disorder and, and decrease the stigma of, mental health and have those conversations and say that, you know, it's okay to need help. And then I need help. Um, where, which I didn't get to talk about is we're also doing a, um, therapy dog program. And our goal with the therapy dog program is to be able to bring dogs specifically to our first responder community. So say, um, you know, say somebody just experienced a really terrible call and, you know, it's in fact, uh, you know, everyone was affected by it. So we can bring therapy dogs to you guys um, maybe that entire week or two weeks or however long you want those therapy dogs coming in. Mm -hmm. um, even if they're there for you while you guys are debriefing about the situation, just having that service, it's another way that we can help, OAE can help you guys. Um, so that's another area that we have as well, our therapy dog program. That's, that's honestly fantastic. You know, um, our Jess and I's first dog, uh, he was a Dutch Shepherd, oh. and he could not be left at home. He literally would destroy everything with sure. the, the <laughs> amount of separation anxiety he had. Mm -hmm. And um, I had one of those, but it was a coon hound. <laughs> he he. This guy came from Puerto Rico. He was a rescue from Puerto Rico. They imported him to Middletown. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then we picked him up from the shelter there and he was phenomenal. Like lay in bed with you. Amazing dog. Just could not leave him by himself for a minute. Sure. Um, and, um, he ended up 
once he we we ended up having to surrender him, he got so bad, and we couldn't train him. Um, and we knew we brought in a couple trainers, and they were like, "Yeah, we we can't figure it out," you know. And there was a trainer that uh, came up to see him when he uh, we gave him to uh, one of our friends runs a a, a small shelter, mm-hmm. and um, she found this trainer out of New York City that was a Dutch shepherd trainer. And she's like, I'll take him. And she took him, gave him to her father. And then he then became a service dog and would visit prisons and hospitals and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Because again, they were finding ways that he could be tethered to somebody 24 seven. (laughs) And he's he's looking for that job. He's, he's doing absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah. Oh, that's great. It that's is, such a happy story. Happy is, ending. It is such a happy <laughs> ending from where it started. Like it yeah. was miserable having to, you know, let him go. But yeah, it is. It is amazing what a service animal can do. Even you know, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I I've poked fun at a lot of people for like you know the emotional support animals. Um, okay. But at the same point, I see why they're so great exactly you know um so yeah so yeah, the the like the difference is with all of them so a service dog is specifically trained for one person to to perform some sort of task for them then you've got the therapy dogs and those are trained for other people mm-hmm. so you know they could help brooke and could help you and could help me uh versus that service dog is really just helps the person that is their handler and then you have the emotional support animals that provide some sort of emotional support but they are usually not trained in the way that the other animals are Um, in new york state at least you do not have to show any sort of uh, papers or like registration for for a service dog so just to clarify that for some of our out-of-town listeners yeah out-of-state listeners um, so we got a couple comments you guys might be, uh, might be intrigued in, uh, that's how the, the fire service also, uh, what they were talking about, you know, with the, the stigma about reaching out and stuff, they tell you it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to say you're not okay. But as soon as you reach out for help, it's thank you for your service. Now there's the door. And, mm. and I did end up finding those statistics, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry G says, so happy for your courage to bring this co- topic out in the open. Let's go, uh, let's go with PTSI or injury and end this stigma. Uh, mm-hmm. much love to you guys and gals for doing this tonight. Um, one of the things, I don't know if you guys have ever talked to him. Um, but if you haven't, you absolutely have to get in touch with him. He would be all over this. Um, is Daniel Sundahl, uh, also known as Dan's son. He's a EMS artist uh, from Canada. He's a paramedic fireman. And um, he talks, he does conferences and podcasts and stories all over the world. And um, he, Gerard and I had him on a previous podcast that we had years ago. And he talked about his experience with uh, PTS. And he said he brought it up as you break your arm, everyone goes, okay, you just broke your arm, right? And he goes, PTS is just you break your mind. That's it. And you have to figure out a way to just repair and mend your brain instead of repair and mend your arm, you know? And that's that way of looking at it always stuck with me since we had that conversation. And, um, uh, yeah, I think that's the way that we all need to look at it. You know, Joni was the first one that said exactly what you said, Jess. Let's get the, the D out of PTSD. In my EMT classes, when I'm talking to, you know, any provider, I have yet three years later to call it PTSD again. You know, mm-hmm. because it resonated in like, yeah, why don't we do that? Let's get rid of it. You know, yep. I like injury as well because it, it it's mm-hmm. that thought process of breaking your mind. You know, um, Barry adds on uh, Code Green campaign. I love them too. Uh, has the PTSI urging uh, mm-hmm. urging to stop using the D. 
Yep. Um, yeah, I think I think that might be a way to go, you mm-hmm. know. Um, now, how – I mean, I try and promote you guys as, as best I can. Um, you know, we're still a fairly local show. We have a lot of United States reach, but we – you know, our impact is really localized here in New York State. Um, how do you guys, you know, try and get the word out to – EMS agencies and fire departments and stuff that could utilize your guys' services? Well, as you and, and the viewers kind of alluded to, um, it, it's tough for us to get into the the first responder community. So sharing that we exist and that we have these services, um, trying out the services would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but even staying tuned to our Facebook page because we offer so many different opportunities. Um, Maybe you're not ready to come in in person, but you can come to one of Brooke's uh, virtual classes. So um, really checking out our Facebook page, that that is where we have all of our upcoming activities and, and all of the, the new stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I will always link, um, in the in the show notes, wherever you guys are listening or watching, whether it be on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, or any of the, you know, podcast networks that we will be on tomorrow, um, you know, Operation Addies links will be all in the description so you guys can go check that out. Um, again, I always try and share you guys as best I can. I try and attach ourselves to your guys' fundraisers and stuff thank best you. I can. And, yeah, thank um, you. You know, at one point we were, you guys were doing a dog wash at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah. was a few years ago. Yeah, I was going to say it was a couple of years ago. I think maybe even pre-COVID or. I, I honestly. Yeah. I don't remember. That was like a COVID was the blip. You yeah. Know, the right. years. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> and, um, and we were going to, we were just starting to get big around here. And we were, we were going to try and be like the radio people that show up. And be like, hey, come meet us at the dog, you know, the dog town car wash or whatever. And um, yeah, so like we always try and do something to, you know, to help you guys out. But um, so in ending here, because we're going to start wrapping up here in a second, but just going over those statistics that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, So seven to eight percent and you and you guys can correct me if you think these numbers are kind of skewed. But this is what I found. Uh, seven to eight percent of, of of the American population as a whole will experience PTS at some point in their lives. That's roughly around twenty three point one million people. Um, researchers who surveyed thirty four thousand three hundred and forty EMS providers found six percent uh, of that thirty four thousand are exhibiting signs of mild to extreme depression, anxiety, or stress. of paramedics, depending on which study you've read, I found about eight or ten different ones, have developed PTS in some form or fashion. Um, And I think we did an episode where we were looking at that seven to eight percent, and ours is like 22 percent, which is ridiculous. Um, And then, uh, let's see, 55, so this was a survey that, that they brought back I honestly didn't write write it in the notes here, but it said 55% um, said that supervisors would treat them differently if they did come out and say, hey, yeah, I do have some form of mental health injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see, 45% said coworkers would uh, treat them differently or call them weak. And then 34% would believe uh, believe they would not get any further promotional opportunities within their agency. So mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's it is something that is a crisis within the, you know, the field as a whole. It's like you're looking at these numbers, almost a third to half of all providers mm-hmm. won't speak up, won't do it for different, you know, different fears. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't even want to be in your guys' positions trying to figure out how to break down that barrier. Mm. You know, it's Well, like you said, I think it just takes all of us working together, bringing attention to these things, 
And little by little, we're breaking down those barriers, changing things. And I think, you know, it's a long road, um, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I think that's just the way it's going to have to be is using platforms like this to try and get that word out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, do you guys want to plug anything else? I, I asked for questions. I don't see any uh, any huge questions coming out from. Uh, well, I from sure do. But here. Brooke, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I'll just add on to what I was saying earlier. Uh, again, the therapists we recruit are trauma informed, but like I was saying earlier, it's on your time. So I just want to make sure I'm clear when I say that we have therapy for first responders and corrections officers, but you don't have to only talk about the trauma like you can come in and talk about you know anything else that might be going on in your life you don't have to like I just want to make sure people know that yeah and I I don't think it's exclusive to one or the other either I think the trauma follows you home and you know messes with your home life or you know it goes both ways too you know I love that you said that Brooke (laughs) (laughs) um so I just wanted to go back to to the the viewers who were saying, you know, that these programs sound awesome. Um, we just recently did a, a partnership with Niskuna Fire District 2, um, where we had service dog teams come to the fire department and we worked with the the um, firefighters on how to approach service dogs, what to do in a situation where there is a service dog, and we worked with our service dog teams on how to acclimate a dog to um to first responders so we are open to going to other um facilities so if there's anyone listening that would like to have some service dogs come and work with your team or your team work with dogs whether it's the service dogs or therapy dogs we're definitely open to that as well um you can contact me uh, jessica at operation at ease.org um, or Joni at operationatease.org for either of those uh, programs. We would love to to work more with you in that way. Um, and, you know, sometimes just getting in there can help the whole team with maybe things that you didn't realize you needed some work on, and it helps our teams as well. Yeah, I think um, as I'm sitting here mulling all of this over in my mind, I'm thinking – Maybe I should reach out, you know, to you guys one day in in coming up with like a uh, education thing, you know, like a CME or something, you know, some kind of continuing ed that you guys, you know, do online or do in person that, you know, um, because, again, this is not this platform is all about EMS education and. You know, if if we could develop in partnership a CME that you guys could come mm-hmm. and talk to mm-hmm. firemen and EMTs and paramedics and stuff, that's huge in the ability to get that word out, you yep. know. Um, so maybe I'll reach out to Joni and poke the bear and plant Absolutely. the seed and be like, let's work on this over the next coming months and Absolutely. Um, you know, see if we can do thing that. that came up during – our, um, during that, that training at the fire department is somebody said, well, what do I do if I arrive to a situation and the handler's unconscious and the service dog is there? Do I separate the service dog? Does Do they stay with the person even though they're unconscious? Like, what yes. do we do? So um, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and, and realistically, you know, the only training that we get from our books and stuff like that, you're always told. And even me as an instructor for EMTs tell my students all the time, if they have any type of service dog, that dog goes in the ambulance as long as the dog's okay being in there. Like Mm -hmm. they get transported just along with your patient, unless, you know, the patient's unresponsive or something like that. And there's someone there to take the dog. That would be the only time that you separate them. Um, but yeah, I think all of that different kinds of education and just the awareness aspect of it, you know, there's a, there's, there's that gap. Let's try and (laughs) fill it, you know? Um, so I, I highly appreciate you guys, uh, you know, coming on and talking with me. Uh, there's a couple, there's a couple things here. Let's see. Um, 
Barry G uh, agrees with, you know, nailing the, you know, hitting the nail on the head. There's always the talk of, oh, yeah, if you're hurt and reach out, then when one does, it comes back to haunt them and worsens their stress injury um, and hammers self-esteem. They also say they will spread the word with you guys. Um, You you. you guys' mission is awesome. Um, I want a service mini horse, and I will bring Mm -hmm. it in the supermarket. (laughs) I like that. Uh, And then outstanding on-site training for awareness, absolutely fabulous, exclamation point times three. Um, so yeah, I guess you guys are, are on the right, you know, boom. Um, let's see op at ease proving that angels don't always have wings. Sometimes they have wagging tails. You are a godsend. So we'll, we'll end, we will definitely end with a, with a high note on that one. Uh, thank you girls for joining me. I totally appreciate it. Tell Joni, I say hi. Thank you. I'll I'll message her as well. (laughs) Um, guys. I am going to have, uh, you know, the, the live show after this. It's just going to be myself, so we'll see how long it goes. Um, if you guys want to stay, you're more than welcome, but don't let me twist your arm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, till next thing, I'm uh, – I'll hit my buzzer for the first time today because I can't speak at the end. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Till next time, guys, stay safe and donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want more information on the podcast or to send us a call review, please visit medicmaterials.com slash podcast. To learn more about earning continuing education credit from listening to this episode or others, check out medicmaterialscmeacademy.thinkific.com. We appreciate your continued dedication towards EMS education and helping us advance the field. See you next time.